Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. Uh, it is a new month, so that means we talk about last month and only last month. Nothing that happened this month has happened yet. Heard from us earlier this week, broke down the trade deadline. Trade deadline is not going to have much of an impact on what happened last month. Well, going ahead, we are talking about monthly awards today, if you couldn't gather that from that. I'm with Tom and Steve today, normal group. How are you guys doing today? Uh, good good month, solid month of baseball. Um Got to watch a lot of Giants games, which meant uh, a lot of losses this month. But, you know, keeping my eye around the League of Baseball is fun to fun to pay attention to these guys. Steve, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing good. We're alive and well and ready to talk about baseball. I mean, last month was it was a lot of ups and downs. So it was kind of a huge kind of discrepancy in teams because, like, coming out of All-Star break, a lot of teams kind of um, – I was going to say there's just a lot of discrepancies among teams coming out of the All-Star break, especially because a lot of teams needed to come out hot, and they really didn't. That's completely true. Like the, the biggest example is the Tampa Bay Rays having an absolute stinker of a month. The Giants were slightly below 500. I don't think they're as bad as Tom's making them out to be. But they did uh, they did lose a little bit of games on the Dodgers. Dodgers been playing decent baseball, not until the homestand, though. Homestand's been rough. Anyways, last month we had a couple controversies. You might remember the National League reliever incident. Uh, that happened last month. Uh, going through the American League, because that's where, start, where we're starting. I think we're going to have a lot of repeat offenders this this month. Um we have Jonah Heim at catcher, Yandy Diaz at first, Marcus Simeon at second, Jose Ramirez at third, Wander Franco at short, Luis Robert, Randy Rosarena, and Mike Trout in the outfield, Shohei Otani at DH, Gossman for the Cy Young, Valdez, Ivaldi, McClanahan, and Sonny Gray as the other four, Felix Bautista, Yunir Cano, Aroldis Chapman, and then Shohei Otani for MVP and Josh Young, Rookie of the Year. Catchers. Where are we starting? We just catchers. catchers? Okay, catchers. Oh, oh, okay. Let's go ahead and start there. Nothing should have changed. It's still Jonah Heim, defensively and offensively, both look better on Jonah Heim. Uh, has he been one of the guys that has stayed in that position the whole season? Yes, he is. Well, we still did. We ever figure out what we're calling the the marathon oh, runners? The marathon runners. Marathon runners. Oh, I like God. that idea. The marathon runners. Does everyone else run like five k? But it's running, and running is awful. I hate running. Yeah. Baseball. Um the, just call them survivors, the... I guess. I mean Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, he likes that one. But are you a did you ever live if you never made it? What? Like if you were never if you never won a month, were you alive? Because they survived. Good point. We can talk about this off camera. But Jonah Heim is in our survivor <laughs> slash marathon runner uh, race here. Gosh, whatever else I we call it. I believe you guys are on the same page, TBD. right? I think this might be the last month he wins it, though, solely on the fact he's injured right now. And that might hurt him. Mm-hmm. Like, I was strongly waiting for. I don't know, but they did go and pick up Austin Hedges to get some innings for them. And that might might, might hurt a little bit. Uh, Rushman does have 11 more games to play. I did vote Jonah Heim. Uh, Rushman has 90 more plate appearances and 11 more games. He walks more. He strikes out less. The they have the same WRC plus over the oh, through the month of July. Excuse me. It's just Jonah Himes' defense does outweigh Ali Rushman's. I agree. All right, where are we moving next, Brad? First base. That would be the next one. Uh, who also 
Uh, is this another survivor? I have, I have Yandy continuing to. Yeah. Uh, is he a survivor? Is he the one that's been here since week one? Yeah, he he's a a day one. He's a day one homie. Yeah, I like I like Yandy. See, are you on the Yandy train? I mean, yeah, all his peripherals are good. He hits the crap of the ball, hits the ball far. I mean, it's pretty much everything you want. The there's not really anyone I think that's competing, um, for it outside of Yandy. I mean, Nathaniel Lau's pretty. I mean, he's second in war, but that doesn't really mean anything. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he was competing for a couple of months, and I got to scroll down a little bit to find him. Where is he on here? He's right here. He's eighth in war. Am I blind? 100 yeah. plate appearances. His defensive value is negative 17.7. Are you on baseball reference? No. no. What did I, oh, I set it to 100 plate appearances. So if I do everything for 100 plate uh, appearances. And if you set it to 100 plate appearances, he is 29th among call of first baseman with 100 plate appearance in war. I mean, the sabermetrics love him. He's got really good uh, numbers in terms of exit velocity and barrel rate, but like he's not really piecing it together with launch angle. I'm assuming. I, I don't know. I like he if he. I mean, he hit the ball over the fence what like 40 40 something times, 48 times in 2021. He could do that again. He's still having the same exact peripherals as that year. It's just he's hitting it on a line more often, and his defense is absolutely horrendous. So, Yeah, and just to clarify, if you go off 100 plate appearances, Yandy Diaz is sixth in war, and Luke Rayleigh is seventh. So, And they're actually tied for war. It's just Yandy Diaz faces both righties and lefties. So good job, Yandi. You you are a real one since day one survivor marathon runner. Yep. Um second yes. baseman should be another repeat offender, but he is not a real one since day one marathon runner survivor. Marcus Simeon, who is being blocked by uh what's his name? Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau, week one, baby. I know Steve's upset about that one, but um there's not really really anyone else in the conversation. Brandon Lau has dropped off the face of a planet. I'm fine. He's with coming. That. He's back now. He's back. He's he had three home runs this week. He's okay. He's so back. He is so back, Stavs. All right, so it was 35 home runs to buy a jersey. Yeah, yeah, I was about. To I think he's up. at like 13 or 14. He's, he's at 14. Have a crazy <laughs> yeah. month. I'm he feeling has, pretty good right if now. If he hits 11 home runs this month and 10 home runs in September, Stavs gets to buy a jersey. I think yeah, it's completely okay. possible. I can, I can okay, I this as well. All, All right, right stop. let's argue. Third baseman. Okay, third baseman. Let's because not we argue. Because we go, we go two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I, nah. Eh. Nah. It's J-Ram. It's J-Ram. I mean, it's it's still J-Ram. Yeah, he is a repeat, but last month was his first month as he took it from uh, Matt Chapman. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, if, it's it's closer than we when than we than we make it out to sound, but it, if, it's still so there. so if Chapman has a really good month and Jose Ramirez slows, I feel like Chapman could take it over. I feel like there what there is an argument for Matt Chapman over over Jose Ramirez this like through the last month, but it's Jose Ramirez as of right now. He has the same. Yeah. If we go just looking at defensive value via fielding run value, Jose Ramirez has five runs saved. Matt Chapman has three. Going to fan graphs, Jose Ramirez 133 WRC plus versus Matt Chapman's 127. Um, Jose Ramirez has stolen 14 bases, hit an 18 home runs. They both walk a lot, which I did not expect. It's just Jose Ramirez walks more than he strikes out. A lot of value there. That's pretty good. Uh, we like when guys do that. 
Uh, Isak Paredes is actually having a very respectable year. He was right below, and highest, I did not expect highest qualified highest qualified WRC plus on that list. Uh, the defense is not there, but um, very good offensive bat for uh, Tampa Bay. And I think he's been heating up recently. Yeah, I'll pull him up on a uh, baseball savant. But looking in his month of July, he had a 1015 OPS, which is pretty good. He doesn't really hit against lefties. He has 81 plate appearances versus lefties versus 285 versus righties. Um, I mean, that's definitely something that would restrict me from voting for him in a future month. That sounds a little uh, expected, though, doesn't it? I mean, there's not as many lefties as there are righties. I mean, so facing that's lefties. just very extreme. That's pretty standard, I think. I mean, it may be a little lower, but I think it's pretty standard. I mean, I know the Tampa Bay Rays are a kind of a platoon team in general, but I think it's it's pretty standard, especially for the Rays, to have that many plate appearances versus both sides. But I mean, at the same time, he doesn't he does strike out. Actually, I he's he's a respectable player. I like he plays guy. every day. So yeah, maybe it is just that. Yeah. Fielding is a little bit below average, but the winner's Jose Ramirez. Good job. Good Shortstop. Let's argue. All right. Last month, we had me go with Franco, Tom go with Seeger, and Stevs go with Franco. Yes. Stevs, you kick it off for us. I'm going to go to the so appearances. Hold I on. went back to our original guy, which was Bo Bichette. He's at 135 WRC+, plus, 321 average. Um, yes, his defense isn't quite there, but I don't. I didn't look at like baseball savant because I was just trying to use like fan graphs and, and like normal statistics. Um, but like based on the defensive metric that's on fan graphs, it's he's only negative point six. Also, he is, I know he is injured, but and that's kind of partially part of the reason that I put him because I think his injury is going to keep him out for a little bit of time and I had figured let's give him the shout since he probably won't get it again for the rest of the season. It is time. Okay. Brad. Okay. Corey Seager has played in 37 less games than Wander Franco yet. He has 0.2 less war. Um, still he has a, I'm one, still on Carlos. <laughs> he has a 187 WRC plus 184. 184. I don't care about the, the thing. It's one extra day. It's two extra. It's actually one extra game for Corey Seager. 16, sorry, 15 home runs because he hit one yesterday. Uh, more RBI, uh, more RBIs, um, higher walk rate, way higher batting average. I mean, we're going to, I'm not going to say that, but like the Woba is almost over a hundred higher. This is a, this is a no doubter. I mean, I don't care about the sample size because if the sample size is closed by it, monster statistics like this that almost match if not uh, overperform wonder franco it's a no doubter for me i mean playing 37 less games and performing like this and having counting stats that are better in every category except for defense bang Corey seager wait steve oh no wait is this a three-way is this a says you went bow yeah Oh, this is not good. Brett, and you went with Wander. Here we go. I went with Seeger, with Bichette in second and Franco in oh. third. Oh, you made me think that you were going to go with... Okay. Franco, last month, lowered his OPS to a 778. He still steals a lot of bases and plays a good defense, but the fact that I can't have a guy with a sub 800 OPS and Corey Seeger be on the board. Like, if I Franco, if Franco even had a respectable month, like where he was at about 
like 820 OPS, still with like everything else the same, like 13 home runs, 29 stolen bases. The walk rate's fine. He doesn't strike out too much. Like 20% above league average offense. Maybe you make that 25%. The defense is fantastic. Like there's no arguing that his defense is leaps and bounds better than Corey Seager, who is completely average. Um, but the offense is just so much higher in such a smaller sample size that I go with Corey Seager. I love Corey Seager. Okay. Is it, is it time for the outfield? Okay. I feel like there's two slam dunks here and then there's the third spot. Okay. Slam dunk number one, Luis Robert. Yeah. Steve. Yes, Luis Robert. Adolis Garcia, slam dunk number two. Yep. Yes. Slam dunk number three. Uh, there's no, there, is no... Tucker, there is no slam dunk number three, but I'm going with Kyle Tucker <laughs> because he had an amazing offensive month. He loves having multi-home run games. I think he's done it like three times this season. Um, it One being a three-home run game. Has the highest... What the heck? Chaz McCormick has a 155 WRC plus and the fifth highest war. Mm-hmm. You're including uh, August. I don't. That's uh, all right. Uh, I'm still going. I'm going. That's still pretty good. I mean, that's still the highest that I've seen. Um, I'm I'm still going Judge. with Kyle Tucker. Judge is not qualified. What? what how many plate appearances did you play? I, I, I switched it to 100. Okay. Because you guys were running it based. Because I didn't think Seager's not qualified. Seager's okay. Well, Judge has played in that's, 54 I, games. So I switched it to played, 100 because that's Seager's what you played guys are in, running Seager's played more games, but... So, well, on my sheet of candidates for that last spot, I had Julio Rodriguez, and it's more of a defensive and counting stats argument. Kyle Tucker is more of an offensive argument. Aaron Judge is a production when healthy, and Mike Trout is a production when healthy. I went um, with Kyle Tucker, so that's just... I mean, it's going to end the argument, but I mean, you can't go with Mike Trout. He's hurt right now. You can't go there and judge. He's constantly hurt. And Julio Rodriguez is slowly making his way up there, but I need to see more from him in order to put him in that conversation. Yeah, it seems like the Julio season is kind of a, a war accumulator season and less of like a superstar season, which is still very productive for Seattle, but I don't think it's someone that I can put in the top three. Yeah, my one turnoff of Kyle Tucker's his defense has been surprisingly bad this year, which is like very out of character for him. He's quietly having a 18-20 season home run stolen bases, which is very good. Walks over 10% of the time. I think his competition for me would be Mike Trout. And just given the fact that he's played 24 more games, I'll go Kyle Tucker, even though I don't like it. I love Kyle Tucker. Okay. Is it wait? DH time? Yeah, that's that that one's a little bit easy. Yeah, I man, Shohei. Nah. He, he hits the ball a couple times. Uh WRC plus 187. All right. He's okay. E pitching staff. Um, the Cy Young has not changed for me. The number one in the rotation is still Kevin Gosman. Is that the same for you guys? No. It's the same for me. Which no Brad, you go Brad's with Fram, argued, Framby, but... Framby boy? I went with G-Spot. Garrett? Yes. He's not that good, man. Come on. I, okay, Garrett Garrett made the list for me this time, but he was three. I I weigh something into ERA because there's nothing really like – there's no better ERA stat, unfortunately. Like the FIP's not fantastic. Gossman has him there. 
Uh, the called strike plus whip, which is also kind of like a very similar FIP stat. Gossman has him by a little bit. Garrett Cole's more of like a bulk and quality pitcher, and his impact on the Yankees has been really huge. I think he has Gossman by just a hair. I did have Gossman at two. And if you do want to look at uh, like run expectancy and how he's contributing to it, Garrett Cole has contributed to his team by preventing, what is this, 17 more runs than Kevin Gossman. So I mean, I I I I will agree. I watched I've watched two Garrett Cole starts like fully this season, and I can say that he's he's a good pitcher. Uh, you know, I love hating on Garrett Cole, but you know, uh, I think it's time to admit that he's he's good. I think his value not only comes in the fact that uh, he has a good ERA, but also in the fact that he goes very deep into games. I think he leads the American League in innings pitched, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm. um. I mean that that's very valuable to a team. For that reason, I'm going to move him up to two. I still think Kevin Kevin Solos, uh, more strikeouts, uh, about the same walk rate, actually better walk rate, and uh, the ERA is only a smidge higher with the FIP being lower. I, Kevin, says are you you you're Kevin and then and then Cole or what? Kevin Gosman's my number one. Cole's and on then, my staff. Okay. I didn't really what? order them. Okay. I ordered them after that. I just, I it's my one and then four. Okay. Um. So for the number, uh, three spot, I had to go Framby. Um, he did throw. Wait, was the no hitter in this month? Yes. God, that's a kicker, man. No, it was in the month of July. Oh, the, I think it was on the very last no, day. No. Okay. Well, that, that's also it? a big factor. Um, Framber Valdez, no hitter. It happened on the first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I I I think even even without it, he'd still be like the four. But uh, with that no hitter, I mean that's uh nine innings with uh, no hits. <laughs> so I mean that's very very helpful. Um, I also really like um Sonny Gray still. Um, he was probably my number five or four guy. Uh, I didn't really know who to put there. Uh, and then we're getting the more controversial ones we can talk about. Let, let's discuss. I want to hear from you guys. Wait, Stubbs, who was your two? Jay Stubbs. What do you? Garrett. Uh, so I had God. I had Gosman, Valdez, and Cole, obviously. Um, and then I had I had Sunny Gray as my six. Um, I went with Zach Eflin and then George Kirby to round off. So Zach Eflin. Bad. My b- big turnoff of Sonny Gray is that he started 21 games and only has 117 innings pitched, which means he's not going six innings and in pretty much any start. Like he's going like five I, and I third hope, five. Hmm? I hope I hope you don't make the same argument for Shane McClanahan. Did you put him on your list? No. Okay, good. I was about to say I was like, don't whip that one out. No. Um, so my turnoff, my turnoff was the K's per nine and then walks per nine. He has the highest walks per nine out of the guys I was trying to go through, and then like his case for nine are not the lowest, but like comparatively to the walks per nine, it wasn't a good ratio. I want to put Nathan Uvalde on this list, but I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. I mean, the forearm strain is a little concerning because that's always how TJ conversations start. When, when someone strains their forearm, then two weeks later, you find out that they need surgery. Um, did that impact your decisions? Did you guys put them on the list for you guys? I have, I have Valdez and Eflin as well, like for my three and four. 
I do not have Eovaldi. I have a three-way tie for my five, and I need you to to figure it out. I don't know about Eflin, man. He had a really bad start. Uh, he had I mean, one. All right, so, I mean, I I also like George Kirby. Is George Kirby in, in your players to be named later, Brad, in your three? He was one of my – I guess I can add him and be one of four. Like it's, uh, it's five. It's five now. All Brad, right. Read him off for me. Brad just right. pulled out a whole nother staff. Luis Castillo. George Kirby, okay. Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, and Felix Bautista. Get the hell out of here, Brad. How could I it mean, not be Felix Bautista? Because he's going to be in the closer spot. I mean, is yeah, this he, Cy Young finish or is this, is this a five-man rotation? I vote or? by Cy Young. Okay, because I'm voting uh, by like well, five-man rotation. I'm doing starting rotation Okay, I'm doing closing. Okay, so I will el- el- eliminate Felix, but if when we do Cy Young – Later this year, he expect him to be. I definitely see that. Yeah. Okay, Brad, I'm gonna fix your little tie and say Luis Castillo should be the guy that stands out from that group. That was my number five. Um, just in terms of actual, you know, performance, I think he's minorly outperforming. (laughs) Actually, he's outperforming quite a bit uh, according to expected stuff. But um, based on the stuff we've seen this season, he looks very good. He gives up the most home runs out of anyone, but I don't care. He is um he's looked like a top five pitcher in the American League this year. The FIP is really concerning. He does have a high called strike plus whiff rate, which is promising. Um Pablo Lopez has one less start and three less innings. He strikes out more, he walks the same rate. He just gets really hurt by ERA. Yeah. Um, that's like that might be my turn off of him. George Kirby doesn't walk anyone, and I like that. Um he you eats know, innings. I'm a, oh. I'm a George Kirby enjoyer. Yeah, I, I mean, I went with George. George is the my final two were George Kirby and Luis Castillo. Um, the FIP, the FIP war, and then the walk rate was what kind of gave me. So wait, who's your five? Five's George Kirby. Okay, and so Luis Castillo doesn't make it. No. That's okay. Stupid. Okay. So. <sighs> We have so far confirmed we have Gossman, Cole, Valdez, and Eflin. So it's either Kirby or Castillo. It's not Sonny Gray. Tom, who's Tom, who's your five? Who's, 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 who's your other two? Who's who's your four then? I pick Sonny Gray over Zach Eflin, because I don't I don't know about Zach Eflin, but okay. um <clears throat> very similar uh stevs. So uh, that's not a statistic. I mean, but that's a statistic. I just made it. Um, I mean, I'm fine with going with uh, George Kirby as our number five guy. Is that that works? Yeah, I think yeah, I'll go. I'm. It's not like I feel good about it being my number five. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't. Like, I'm, why man. do you not feel good about it? Because he's been fine, but I feel like it's just kind of a down year overall. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like it's a. It's a meh thing. I feel like he has all of these guys have been within the same type of conversation. So if you put any of them at the five, they're all meh. Hmm. Yeah, they're all meh. Um, yeah. Closer, I don't even need to talk about it. Felix Bautista has been a Cy Young no, contender. It's, it's Felix Chapman, and there's one more spot. Has it been Chapman, though? Thanks. Yes. I still think uh, Chapman. Chapman is Chapman is in the bullpen. There's not a debate in my head about that. The strikeout rate paired with the uh, lack of home runs paired with the 
Someone didn't watch the Astros series. I know. I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> he absolutely um, got got absolutely peppered. But absolutely, absolutely. Um, I will hit you. No. Um, I think the last spot. Clay Holmes has had a really good month. Um, and he's looked like he's back on track as one of the best closers in baseball. Um, why has Yannir Cano fallen out of the conversation for you too? I didn't. I I didn't say that. I said Yannir. I'm I'm about to say. I'm about. I'm about to go to that. Yannir Cano, good. Um, a bit of a down month for him though. Um, and I'm not gonna say that's gonna penalize him because he was so good before this month that he doesn't actually you know get penalized for that that much. I think I think Yannir Cano could easily be my pick. It's just I'm 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 setting up another three way tie type of situation with Clay Holmes, Yannir Cano. And I mean, there's there's one more spot there. I want to put I, I want to put Emmanuel Class A because he's been in a lot of safe situations. But nope. Um, bad, bad player, Tom. Nuh-uh. I would like to toss Brian Abreu into the conversation. I Astro- counter another name. I counter this with. Never mind. He's oh. good. He's all right. 13.7 strikeouts per nine, 50 innings pitched. He Carlos leaves runners Estevez. on base. Carlos 30. Estevez. Yep. Welcome, Carlos. As we were just naming players. Nope, 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 nope. We're, we're getting into a tiebreaker status. Carlos Estevez. <laughs> I also had Welcome Matt Brash. So let me, let me Matt just Brash go Matt is not, Brash. Matt Brash, Brash get out of here, Matt. Get out of here. Oh, wait, hold up. So you both Matt had Brash. Chapman, right? Yes. yes. Oh, God. Here comes the tiebreaker situation. <laughs> we don't even, I don't have Chapman on mine. Oh, no. Uh, Chapman's on the thing, so who do you have, Brad? I put Yanir Cano and Brian Abreu, but Yanir Cano was like my bottom. What makes Brian Abreu better than like Carlos Estevez, Clay Holmes? uh, I mean, Chapman, (laughs) Carlos Estevez because he he he's in more frequently. He's in higher leverage situations. He doesn't rely on his defense as much. He has a better FIP. Um, there, it's he's been better pretty much all around. I'm still Wait, gonna Brian Abreu? Clay Holmes. Yeah, over Brian, Brian Abreu, Abreu over. Okay, how are you? Oh, how are you taking Clay Holmes over Brian Abreu? Please hold while I do this. Tom, what are you feeling? I value guys that come in in high high stake situations. You guys don't. I don't know why you guys don't. Value I do as much. Saves are very important, and I think that Carlos Estevez might be my last guy. It's Carlos Estevez. Or Clay Holmes for me, but the I think re- it's going to be Carlos Estevez. Saves aren't inherently the highest value situation of the game because Brian Abreu is not the closer of the Astros. He's the guy they deploy in the highest setup, leverage situation. Yeah. The setup, some would argue. And if you want to go based on leverage situations, right? Brian Abreu has an eight ninety three runs or re twenty four, and Carlos Estevez has a six eighty two. That gives context to high leverage situations. If you want to sort by like. If you want to go by relievers with the highest, it's Felix Bautista, Yanir Cano, Chris Martin, and Yel De Los Santos. Like these are guys that get deployed in high leverage situations. Like Will Smith is up on that list for the Rangers. Ian is Hamilton it, for the Yankees. Is, Brad, is is it a um is it a uh, accumulating stat? Because yes. Chris Martin doesn't have nearly as many innings. Yeah, it's an accumulative stat. Then how how does how does Chris have so many have no? Because he was their guy that they deployed, and the Red Sox pitching is horrible, so he probably pitched a lot with runners on. A deep breath from Palm. 
Yeah, no, I'm still taking Clay Holmes over Brian O'Brien, Brad. I mean, I, I so, don't see how, but okay. I'm taking Carlos. Brian O'Brien has <laughs> Brian O'Brien has more Ks per nine, but more also more walks per nine, and then Clay Holmes has a lower ERA and a lower FIP. Brian Abreu gives Plus up Brian Abreu ball gives up more home runs. Exactly. Brian like, Abreu also involves his his defense a lot less. He's not a closer. He has a lower Sierra, a higher RE24. He's thrown more innings. Steps, I don't feel like we're going to win this. The I, walk I, I mean, rate is pretty much off. identical. I, I'm not budging off of Clay Holmes. I'd put Yanni or Cano at my Four, so that would put Yanier Cano in. Okay. Yeah, Yanier Cano is our last one then, I guess. Because Wait, I'm not putting him in. I've decided no. What the heck happened? I looked at it, and I was like, he hasn't been good. He's not good without a defense. Well, I'll put a roll this in. I'll put a roll this in. Okay. Well, a roll this is in because Tom and I both have him in our in our bullpens. So that wasn't a debate. It's a whether who's the three. Because right now, my vote's Brian Abreu, yours is Clay Holmes, and Tom, yours is Carlos Estevez. Carlos Estevez. Why is this so, like, out of the question? He has a 188 ERA with a um, very good not, strikeout for nine. He's not out of good. the question. I'm just laughing at the scenario. But he's Carlos. not better than Brian Abreu. He strikes out less. He walks more. He's got a worse FIP. He's worse in high-level situations. He involves his defense more. He's got a lower war. Gives up less runs. More value because less runs. He's thrown less innings. <laughs> but less runs in the... Fine! Fine! Brian Abreu. We'll never win, Stevs. We'll never win. Unless you teamed up with you me, You just Stavs. caved. You literally Carlos just Estevez. caved. Carlos Estevez. He's my number four. I'm getting a jersey. Okay. MVP, this is easy. It's still Shohei. Uh, um, no, nah, I'm going with George Kirby, personally. You could vote right now, and I think if he got hurt the rest of the season, he'd still win it. Yeah. Probably. Almost uh, certainly, actually. Yeah. Rookie of the year is a bit more interesting, though. Cool. A lot of new guys have entered. So I want to talk about Edward Julian. Agreed. 60 games, and he's already accumulated the fifth most war. I mean... This is a this is like a Corey Seager situation where a guy comes in a little late but somehow manages to keep up with the rest of the with the rest of the group. And we also had a, a very good month from Gunnar Henderson. Uh Luke Rayleigh finds himself at the top in terms of war. Uh Tristan Casas decides to have a really good month, killed the Giants, but we've won the series, LOL. Um, but he looks really good. Um there's a lot of op I mean Yoshida's continuing to hit balls at a high rate, you know, highest average out of those guys. Um, there's a lot of guys you can pick from here. Um, and I, I honestly didn't really have one down yet because I mean, obviously Josh Jung is still up there. What the, what are we doing, Brad? Are you going to go with the inner Cano still or what? No, I, he's out of the, I, he had to be what he was the first couple months to win it. Yeah. Um, looking at the list, right. I liked Edward Julian is, I think he's got the highest WRC plus. Oh, Luke yeah. Rayleigh does, but he doesn't hit versus Rady. So he doesn't count. Or he doesn't hit versus lefty, so he doesn't count. Um, Edward Julian has played 26 less games and has 80 less played appearances than Luke Rayleigh. I'm not considering Edward Julian. Let me clarify that. He is probably three to five range right now, which good job. 
you've had a great job so far. I like uh, slightly below average defender, definitely above average offensively, a little bit outperforming, but that's to be expected of a rookie. Uh, 31% strikeout rate to a 12 or 11.5% walk rate. So that's decent, but strikeouts a lot. The people I'm considering, I, I have mine. But the, if I had to put my final three on the table for you guys to decide from, I put Yoshida, Young, and Henderson. Yeah, I mean, I think if Tristan Casas continues to rake the way he's been hitting the last season, I think he might enter himself in that conversation. But yeah, I think it's between those three. Um, Brad, where, where did you find yourself at? I mean, Ste- let's let's start with Stevs because Stevs, let's shake it up, Steve. Where are you at? Uh, I mean, I think I'm gonna go with Josh Young. Uh, he has a little bit less offensive production, but has better defensive production than Gunnar Henderson. I think those would be my final two, if I'm being 100% honest. Uh, 105 games played, um, which is, what, like eight more than uh, Gunnar Henderson. Uh, 272 average to Henderson's 244. Uh, and it's literally neck and neck in WRC+. Plus. I feel like it's, I feel like these guys are like neck and neck, but I, mean, I I went with Gunnar Henderson. If that yeah, makes I, sense. I did. I did it too. Yeah. I I did too. I I honestly, yeah, I went with Gunnar. I mean, the really good month, and I I never in a million years would have imagined he'd be in this position to with the way he started the season. Um, but there he is. He's he's our winner. Uh, he walks yeah. more. Uh, their OPS has a mm-hmm. one point difference. They have. Pretty much the exact same Woba, pretty much the exact same WRC plus. Gunnar Henderson has him by one point in each of those. Young is a little bit better of a defender, but he's played eight more games, and I'm not going to punish Henderson for that. Who's stolen more bases? Um, yeah, Gunnar Henderson. Gunnar. Gunnar, way to be. All right, Cy Young, Steve. Oh, wait, what? Shocking pick, Kevin Gosman. Wait, we already did this. I know. Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right so are we, are we national league time is national time? league catcher all right hmm. so last month through the national league catcher sean murphy first base freddie freeman second base Luisa rise third base jd davis shortstop geraldo perdomo yes outfield uh ronald acuna corbin carroll mookie Betts with the dh being jorge soler the ace being Spencer Strider, Zach Gallon is the two, Justin Steele three, Kershaw four, Marcus Stroman five. The reliever incident, Bednar is the closer, Diaz as the reliever, and Hayter is the other reliever, MVP Acuna, Rookie of the Year, Corbin Carroll. All right, it should start off with two repeats. It should start off with two repeats. Sean Murphy. Tom, are you are yeah, you disagreeing? I mean, what? No, I, I agree. I I just um okay. He's been he hasn't been. Y'all were like, oh, he's gonna be like Buster Posey's MVP season. He's no not. one said that. And at the beginning of the season, you guys were like, he's on pace to have that kind of season. And he's I, on pace. That doesn't mean he's going to. He fell off. He slowed down a lot. Um, I think he got but, a hamstring injury at one point. I know, but since he's come back from that injury, he hasn't looked um nearly as good. Um, but. I still, I still think he's pretty clearly the the best. Yeah, he's got what does he have? He has the seventh most fielding runs in baseball. He's got a three eighty seven WOBA with a four hundred four expected, three point six FanGraphs WAR, walks over ten percent of the time. Good baseball, Sean. 
John, you, you play the baseball in. Yeah. Okay. First baseman, Frederick. Yes. Um, Matt Olson hits a lot of home runs, though, but uh, Freddie does uh, everything else. So Freddie Freeman is the best peer hitter in baseball. Changed my mind. Um, Aaron Judge, I think, is better. I don't but really want I, to. I think Aaron Judge. When he, when, pure when he hitter? Him. Yeah. I think pure hitter. I mean, like. Like, I'm talking just straight hit tool. Like, if you're not doing, if you're not including power, it's raw hit tool. It's probably like Freeman, Arise. Judge will be in the I conversation. I think Judge is there. I mean, because you, you always think Judge home runs, but Judge has the ability to just split the gap too. I mean, he's really like I, I think he's the best hitter in baseball still. I I've seen him play even even coming after coming out after the injury with the when he says he's playing in pain, still hitting balls at 110 miles an hour is uh, insanely impressive to me. I think Freddie's number two for me though. I I think Freddie, gosh. I mean, if there wasn't any like outstanding seasons from like Ronald Acuna, I think Freddie would be in the conversation for MVP again. I don't. I don't even think Ronald Acuna's season's that outstanding. I think if he slumps a little bit, Freddie can take it from him. I don't think it's possible. I think. I think at the you pace think voters are swayed by the. I think I home think run the stealing is already there. Home run stealing, yeah, it's over. See, um, I, yeah. Um, yeah. Freeman wins though. He's probably number two in MVP voting right now. Yeah. Uh, he's having a great Matt Olson also having a very good year. Freddie Freeman has 38 doubles. Um, if you're like, why doesn't he hit as many home runs? He splits the gap a lot more stolen bases. Freddie Freeman has 14 stolen bases. That's pretty good. Uh, doesn't walk as much as Olson strikes out significantly less higher batting average, higher on base, slightly lower slugging, but 20 points higher Woba and two more war. Good job, Friedrich. Let's talk about, let's talk about one more, one more guy here. The third highest uh, qualified uh, first baseman <laughs> by by uh, by WC plus Wilmer Flores. Okay, how many games has he actually played at first base? Not many. He's more of a second baseman, but uh, and a DH. And he plays. He's a utility man. He that, is, you don't watch the Giants. He literally he out there. He literally just gets subbed in. He literally comes in like in a sixth inning some games, and then some games he starts a DH, and some games he starts second. I've watched so many Giants games. I am insanely forty-two games at first base and thirty-seven at other positions. We have a guy named Lamont Wade, and I'm pretty sure those forty-two games are when Lamont Wade gets pinch hit for. What happened to him? He kind of fell off a little bit. Nah, not really. He's still very He's good. Bad. He's a Giant. That's what uh, happened. I mean, he's batting 275 yeah, with the. He has a second highest on base percentage. Uh, I think he's one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball. Enter uh, Mookie Betts. We'll talk about I, him later. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Second Beth. baseman. Last month, I went with Haas Young Kim, and my this needle month, has not moved. I am also Haas Young Kim. Stavs. Don't even say it, Stavs. Mookie Betts is on here. I know. Don't don't put Mookie Betts a second. And I put Mookie Betts. He's what? not a qualified second, second baseman by our logic. Yeah, he is. He, he has to play over fifty percent of his game. Yeah. I do not care. We we've gone list. with that rule qualified. every month. It's Stevs' first. It's his first episode. I have not cared. All right, so Stevs uh, has been actually list. booted off the list. Uh, uh, booted off. It's just Tom and Brad's episode now. Uh, Stevs' <laughs> opinion is done. Right. I mean, Hassan Kim is is choice, but I just wanted to say Mookie Betts because I found it funny. Mookie, I think he's played like thirty three games there, which is surprising. Um, yeah. Let's see, Hassan Kim is why? What is this sorted by? Oh, WRC plus. Um, Hassan Kim is second in WAR 
well, behind Mookie, who does play second base the most. He got 4.1 war, so it rises 3.3. He actually knows how to field the ground ball. The WRC plus is only 12 points lower, despite the batting average being 96 points lower. He's just a better player. He walks more, strikes out more, but that's going to be expected versus Luis Arise. More home runs. He's got more stolen bases. He's a better player than Luis Arise. Good job, Ha Young. I am intrigued to discuss matters uh, about shortstop. I know we're going to third base, but I just want to I just want to plant the idea in the viewers and our own minds right now because shortstop should be interesting, along with third base. Actually, Brad, who'd you pick at third base? There are three candidates. Agreed. No. For there's one candidate. I think. I think the three I had were Jimer, Riley, and Spencer Steer. Those are my three candidates. They also happen to be the highest three and war in the National League, but that is not what made me decide that. I find it hard to believe that Machado and Arenado uh, accumulated over a one full war in three days. So, I, I, are you sure about that? Yes. One moment. Hold on. Um, beginning of uh, end of July. Wait, no. Yeah, sorry. I, it's sorted by WRC+. Plus. Sorry. The top three are Jimer Candelario, Austin Riley, and Manny Machado in war. Where happened to Spencer Steer? He just played bad. De- oh, he plays horrible. Oh, God, get off my page. You're horrible at defense. Stevs. Spencer. Stevs, get off. Um, um, I, went, I went with Austin Riley for third base. How bad is his defense? Oh, God. It's pretty bad. Negative um, 11.9. I no. think you can make an argument for a couple of guys on this list. Um, Nolan heated up and I mean, he's going think, off a little bit. I think Candelario um, and Riley are, are the two. Like I think Arenado has to enter himself in the conversation. If he had even half of the glove he's had his whole career, he'd be the easy choice here. But for some reason, he's having a down season defensively. What? But he doesn't. So he. Steps, I'm, I'm talking about. He has the highest WRC plus of any of these guys. Uh, highest Woba. Wait, no. Uh, second highest Woba. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I like Nolan. I, I'm a Nolan supporter, but I'm still going Austin. Mm-hmm. Who are you guys going? Brad, who are you going with? I'm with I feel, Austin Riley. I feel like we're so against voting for Jamer, but he's got the higher WRC plus, higher war, same Woba as Austin Riley, the exact same stats, um, higher on base percentage. I I don't know, man. I'm going Cam- Candelario. I know it's not going to impact the decision, but uh, let me I'm look at defense. Let me look at defense. It's um Candelario has four. Yeah. Uh, Riley has enter one. I might change my vote. I'm going with Jamer, dude. I I, yeah. I think that ever since he's left the Nats, dude, I just like him more. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding Steph. I'm just, I'm just playing with on, on the graphic it'll be a cubs hat that's where yeah, you finish the month you, you, yeah yeah um but jamer man um you know he didn't play a game for him in the month of july but he was so, on their roster he was owned by them that the sounds roster. really wrong no no like on the roster like a 40 man <laughs> you are owned all right we're gonna stop talking about that uh short stops okay tom so uh, I mean, it's between two guys for me, but uh, I think a third guy in a hypothetical world where he played more games would be the easy number one. 
Matt McLean is so good at baseball, but he's played in like 30 less games than everyone else, despite having the second highest war. Sorry, third highest war. Sorry about that. Miss misread. Um, I'm going with Francisco Endor, um, just solely because his bat and his defense combined for the best average between the two out of any of these guys. I think Dansby's a good. Uh, he's ha- he's he's doing his best uh, job to repeat what he did last season, but the offense is not nearly as good as his defense. Um, I'm going with France Frankie. Stevs, where are you at on this? I'm actually interested to hear what Brad said first. So I want to hear Brad. At number two, I had Matt McLean. I had him over Dansby. Yeah. At number one, obviously, if I don't have either of those two, it's Francisco Lindor. But no, it's Miguel Rojas. Spoil. No, no Okay. Uh, I actually did go with Matt McLean just because I felt like you guys were probably going to cave due to the games, and I wanted to give him a shout. And, I mean, we all kind of have. But Francisco Lindor is number two. I would like to uh, formally call out that C.J. Abrams has more war than Trey Turner. Stevs, give me a fist bump through the screen. Come on, here we go. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Despite playing less games, too. Uh, Very good month of July from C.J. Dude, no, did you see his error last night? Oh, is he still doing it, man? This is horrible. Oh, oh, Josh Bell hit Josh. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 Trey. Josh Bell hit a ground ball right at right at Trey Turner, and he just like biffed it. It was terrible. I mean, Trey Turner. Is, it was it was really bad. Below I don't know. I don't know like, what oh. is going on with him this year, but they have the they have the same Babbitt and average and advantage and slugging and woba and WRC plus. If you're going by defense, yeah, Abrams has a negative six runs for defense. Trey Turner has where is he on like this list? Defense. One. I want to, I want to just point something yeah. out here. Um from the beginning of the season to the end of July, there are six qualified shortstops that are, have a WRC plus above league average. Does that say more about the position as a whole right now struggling or does that say more about how teams are going towards fielding defensive shortstops and not hitters because this is kind of sad. There are there are a lot of teams and six players with a WRC plus above league average. I think it's a bit of both because there are just some teams who think shortstops have more value defensively. And I think it's also something about how shortstops are viewed on the Like there's not that many on the market that are above average. That's fair. That's not what and, we said last year, but I, it's and, but just like, that's yeah. how, but like with shorts, especially we're missing a couple of big names like that normally are pretty decent. Especially Trey Turner. Um, Those are two big National League ones. Um, I think with shortstops, the reason when they're good, they're always in MVP talks is because it's difficult, more difficult for a shortstop to be good all around. I agree. Like, I think Franco, while he's still, he's regressed a little bit, he'll still finish top 10 MVP. It might not be as high as it would have been if he continued, but... I agree. Um, outfield, we start with the National League MVP and Ronald McCunia Jr. Yep. Um, I think the top two stay the same for me. Mookie's number two. Yeah. Um, and then the third option, uh, I think there's a new a new uh, player that enters. Uh, familiar face, though. I picked one. Um, he's been hitting baseballs very well recently. Uh, and Corbin Carroll's been mildly cooling off over the last month. Yeah. Um, is you, did you guys go with Soto as well? 
We're boring. It is boring. Yeah, but it's so. correct. I I do want to throw out Christian Yelich. He's not yes. in the conversation, but he's been having a very very good season so far, and he is four or five. I would say. I would say that I wanted to put Yelich when I looked for it. I just couldn't convince myself him over Soto. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got a twenty one percent walk rate, Soto. That's pretty good. Yeah. Nah. He still can't play defense. Imagine if he could play defense too. That's too much effort. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, he'll he he a little chunky. Oh oh. All right. So, did you just call him time. fat? Nope. Wait, DH. no, DH time. No. That's what I meant to say. Let's. That's just called Juan Soto fat. Hold on. Okay. Um, the National League DH is really weak. For I think DH. So, but I'm going with JD Martinez. Hmm. I. He hits better with runners in scoring position. Higher WRC plus. Higher WAR than other guys. Uh, Gorman doesn't always play at DH, so he's accumulating WAR in the field. I say that like he. <laughs> He's, he's accumulating more war than the other guys on this list because he plays in the field. That, that's not to say he plays good defense. Um, but all around, I think J.D. Martinez is better. Uh, I think the only other argument is Jorge Soler. Um, I don't know. Did you guys go with Soler on this one? I did go with Soler on this one. He walks more. He strikes out less. The power numbers are pretty much the exact same. WRC Plus is just a little bit lower, but Jorge Soler has more offensive value. Um if we go on rate-based stuff, though, I mean, uh, J.D. Martinez has played almost 20 games less and has the same amount of home runs, uh, t- almost 20 more RBIs. I mean, in I think that's more of a context that the Dodgers put runners on and the Marlins suck. The Marlins are going to the World Series. I'm telling you, Jake Berger's the difference. Um, it might be. He might. I love what the Marlins did at the deadline. That was I a good deadline. I, I love Jake. I'm getting a jersey. I'm getting a retro Jake Berger jersey. That's besides the point. Stevs, where did you fall on this one? Because you're the tiebreaker here. So for me, there was three players. I wanted. I I tried to put Andrew McCutcheon in the conversation. I really tried, but but he's he's not there. He's not there. Um. So it was Jorge Soler and JD Martinez. Um. They are very very similar. I I don't really disagree with that. But I went with JD Martinez. Oh, he got the slight edge. He's been kind of my DH for the last like what six months. Um. I mean, I, yeah. you pretty much talked about it. I've and been flipping the entire the season. offensive, pro- yeah. The offensive production is extremely similar between both of them. I do agree with Brad's point. I do like the walk percentage more, the higher walk percentage and the lower K percentage. But um, JD Martinez also has a 562 slugging percentage to Jorge Soler's 493, which kind of put him over the edge. Okay, I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That was my one A, one B. It's yeah. just I went with my 1A. Um, Let's argue. Okay. I would like to start this off by saying the name who is not the winner, but it is time he finally gets recognition. That's Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler belongs on this list because he's thrown 131 innings pitch. He has a 371 ERA to a 317 ERA. The Philadelphia Phillies are god-awful behind him as a pitcher. They are so unbelievably garbage when he is on the mound, it's not even funny. Um, he's got a good FIP. He leads the National League in war. He's got a respectable called strike plus whiff rate. Zach Wheeler, National League, Cy Young 5. Yeah. Did he make your list, Devs? Yes. Who the he hell did five. you leave off your list then? Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, let's um, 
Plus, he was having a hard here. time trying to find people to put on the list, in all honesty. I have five players that are better than Zach Wheeler on my list. Uh, I'll start with Spencer Strider. That's my ace. Yeah, that's Spencer's yep. my ace. Sorry, yeah. I, I was going to start. I was going to start with the ace. Okay. And then I'm going to my number two, who is Zach Gallen, who's also, you know. Yeah. They've been flip-flopping. They've just been flip-flopping all season. My number three obviously had a bad start versus the Nats, but a guy that has eaten the most innings out of anyone and is good in those innings is Logan Webb. Uh, he does not did not have the most innings. That is incorrect. Oh, let's see. Snatty. Snatty? Oh, where's Snatty? Snatty's all the way down in war. Hold on. There he is. No, oh, oh uh, I, I didn't my uh my date range reset. He pitched seven innings last night. That definitely helps. But um neck and neck with the most pitches in baseball or most innings pitched in baseball. And he's good. He's very good, gets a lot of ground balls uh, with a defense that's not, like, incredible behind him, especially with Brandon Crawford being out for this month. Um, didn't help. Uh, had some trouble locating the changeup versus the Nats. I got to watch that live. Um, when, he just, when he's not locating the changeup, it is very hard for him to strike people out. But in all the other games I've watched Logan Webb pitch this season, he is very elite in that, in that department. He's my number three. And if he doesn't make the top five, I will personally jump through the screen. But, okay, good. We've made your list. Okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> all right, Stubbs, you do need to explain this. I, well, it, in all honesty, the one game I watched him kind of just put a bad taste in my mouth. I just, he just looked terrible. Get a load of this guy. Get a load of this guy. Stubbs has got a load. Stubbs has a bad taste in his mouth. Okay. Yeah. Stubbs yep. got a load. Okay. Um, I'm very curious to hear your list, D. Um, but I'm not going to let you say it yet. Um, actually, Brad, you go ahead and say your next guy. Oh, I had Logan Webb at number four. Okay, who's your number three? Blake Snell. Okay, Blake Snell is my number four. I just flipped him. So, so Blake Snell had a fantastic stretch from like mid June through the whole month of July. He still doesn't throw as many innings as I'd like, but when he does, it's the Sunny Gray argument. He's just much more dominant. The one thing that I don't like is how many guys he walks. He has a five fourteen walks per nine. Uh, yeah. To an 1180 strikeouts per nine. He does leave an un, un, unnormal amount of runners on base. He leaves 86% of them on base, and that's probably going to regress at some point. 250 ERA. He's been fantastic when those runners are on base, hence why the RE24 is pretty good. Uh, he's very good independently. He's got the third best uh, called strike plus whiff rate behind Spencer Strider and Jesus Lizard, who He's having a good year, but he's. I, yeah, I want. I wanted to put him on my list, but I couldn't because of the fifth guy on my list, who I don't think we're giving enough credit this season. He's been good the whole season, and we haven't really noticed him. But Justin Steele is my number five. I feel like we just don't give him enough credit. I mean, he's got a two six five ERA this late into the season. Not necessarily a dominant guy, but I mean, he's been eating innings. Doesn't go that deep into games, but actually, he, he does go deep into games. He missed uh, a, a little portion of the season due to injury. I still think in this in the time played, the fact that he still is fourth in war of pitchers for a guy that's pitched 30 less innings than everyone else on this list, it's pretty impressive. Uh, and he's my number five guy. Uh, I think the injury does hurt him a little bit, though. That's why I moved him down. He also has the same called strike plus whiff as Marcus Stroman. So he's not the most fielding independent pitcher. Uh, big ground ball guy. The one thing that turned me off of him was that he's thrown 109 innings compared to everyone else like the closest one's blake snell and i think i'd take blake snell over justin Steele recently that's fair all right who'd you put your number five brad because I, I just want to go I zach wheeler. Steves and i just want to okay zach wheeler's number five yeah okay Steves, 
You're three and four. Oh, Jesus. I put Justin Steele over Logan Webb. I understand the innings discrepancy, but I mean, if you look at it, they, they are, they are pretty much neck and neck and everything. Logan Webb gives up the long ball more. He, uh, Justin Steele has a lower ERA and a lower FIP. Like I, I, I like Justin Steele more than Logan. I know Steve. I see three or four. Justin Steele. He's four. Okay. Okay, Who's three. I would have Blake Snow. Or no. Yeah, Blake Snow. Okay. So Blake Snow's your three. Okay. So if we math this out. Oh no. Who's your five, Stash? Zach Wheeler. Okay. So if we do it oh, by God. that, Zach Wheeler is number six. Justin Steele's number five. And okay. Logan Webb's number four. Okay. And then three would be um Balake. Yeah. Locke and then two would be Gallon, one and one Strider. Strider. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I think Wheeler finally got recognition. Like at some point, it's not just luck; it's bad luck. Yeah, I mean, he's looked uh, more dialed in recently. Um, I mean, I hate to be an old head, but the ERA is turning me off. And um, I mean, obviously, the expected ERA is very, uh, very good to look at. But like, this ERA is turning you off. Yeah. Okay. Seven one. That's not says. So you had. I don't hear your opinion, Stez. I don't hear your opinion. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like Spencer Strider has a three seven three ERA. Like, like. Yeah, but he has the highest strikeout rate of all time. Like he's gonna. He's and gonna. I, like, and I understand that. That's, but, a, that's an exaggeration. You I know mean, if you're only if you're only looking at ERA, that's gotta turn you off too. Yeah, but Spencer Strider is also just better at everything else, except for sometimes not. Except for pitching seventh innings. Sorry. Spencer does not know how to pitch a seventh inning. But Zach Wheeler. Hey. Zach Wheeler's that, a six for me. He's a six. I, I could make the argument that Jesus that Jesus Lizard is above Zach Wheeler for me. I mean I cannot make that argument. I'm backing it up. Believe. I'm going double. I'm doubling down now. Okay. One. If you gave him a good defense behind him, that's a below three ERA. It's just the Phillies defense. I'm gonna pull it up so I can quote it. It is a pitcher. And we're going to go to Wheeler. He has the fifth worst defense behind him. It doesn't have it for fielding runs yet, but Zach Wheeler has negative seven outs above average behind him. That's the only ones worse are Alex Young of the Reds, Josh Winkowski of the Red Sox, Jamison Tyone of the Cubs, and Garrett Whitlock of the Red Sox. The Cubs is surprising because they have one of the best infield duos, or middle infield duos in the league defensively. It's I mean, Patrick Wisdom, isn't it? Probably the outfield. Oh, yeah. No, so Lots no. of a lot of fly balls. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, on this list at number eight is Zach Eflin. Um, that one's a surprise. Um, All right. It's time to run it back to National League relievers. So far, David Bednar is running the marathon. He's the survivor. He's the real one since day one. It's not anymore. I'm sorry. It's Josh Hader's my my closer now he's just better i mean i'd hate her at three hater has more strikeouts the lowest qualified era what are we doing the same home runs for now lower war or lower war lower called strike plus whiff rate higher sierra less innings by by three i mean oh let me fix the date range because the date range it's 2.2 it's 2.2 Oh, let me just fix this real quick. Maybe one moment. Oh, it's it's two point two. I went. Okay, I, so I, hater, I had hater as my two. 
Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> I could I could argue hater for two, but hater's not one. I I agree, Fred. You still sticking with bed suck? Bed good. Bed bad. I I am also Bednar as my closer still. This is bizarre. Um, I mean, that makes it easy. It makes Bednar one. Is Bednar at least your two? Yeah. Okay, so it makes Bednar one, Hater two, and then Diaz three. It's no. not Camilo Duvall. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's it's Alexis Diaz. It's yeah, I was um, gonna say <laughs> this time you're just flat out wrong if you put if you put Camilo Duvall. It's really not that out of the out of the question. Yes, but it is. It's it's. it's he had no, a bad I, month. For his standards. Well, he didn't get to pitch that much. Like, the, the Giants sucked this month. We did not have any leads to, like, come in for a save or, you know, come in high-stakes situations. Like, we had a lot of innings pitched by, like, Sean Manaya, Alex Wood out of the pen. Like, what are we doing? Sorry. In 11 innings pitched, he allowed six runs. There was there was one meltdown and then one two-run. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he had two runs allowed against the Red Sox in Fenway and four runs allowed versus the Mariners in Seattle. I think one of those is a Tristan Costas bomb, but I'm not sure about that. Oh, um, probably the Red Sox one. Freaking Tristan Costas, dude. Um, and the thing is, the Giants use him like multiple days back to back and then won't use him for a while. You know why? It's because we win five games in a row and then we lose... 10 games in a row and it's hard to use a really good guy in those situations when you're losing if we were more consistent and we were in these these close game situations more frequently y- yes we'd use him more often but it seems like i don't know i don't know we, we we don't use him enough um we already talked about mvp i would do want to go back after we do rookie of the year and do a little different exercise with MVPs. i'm so ready i'm so ready for this different exercise okay um, let me uh it's called chest fly. It got replaced. Um, I missed okay. the old machine. Please come back. Um, no, I mean, bad. Rookie of the year still Corbin Carroll. I yeah. I, I'm gonna say the hot take now. I don't think Corbin Carroll repeats this season in his career in terms of power. I don't think he's ever gonna hit 25 home runs again in his career. I don't see him as a power threat. He's a doubles guy. Yeah, I. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't see him as a guy that comes out and hits as many home runs as he did this season, but. That's going to win him rookie of the year, obviously, since he's already done it. But um, who will be the best rookie out of this rookie class for their entire career? Yes. In the National I'm League. Just, I'm saying Matt McClain. I really like Matt McClain. I mean, he's just been so consistent. I can also argue Frank Francisco Alvarez, though. That's who I was going to take. He might be like the franchise cornerstone. I mean, and you, you can't really argue against Corbin Carroll either. I mean, he's been only good since coming up, so. I just um, think I a good catcher has so much value. Yeah. Like since coming up, he's got five fielding runs. Francisco Alvarez, this is in 597 chances or 597. Yeah. Innings. It's pretty good. I think yeah. Carol Alvarez and De La Cruz would probably be up there. De La Cruz is another solid one. I think Patrick Bailey will be Patrick a really good Bates. defender. I just don't I, think he's much he's of a bad. bad. Yeah, I mean Patrick Bailey's like blowing my mind in terms of defense. Every every game I watch, he always just shines there. Five. He he what? seems to hit a lot of line drives into the in, right to people. Um, that's probably just an eye test type of thing. I probably have to actually check his saber metrics, but he hits a lot of just unlucky outs recently. Um, He's got a three hundred one woba three thirty four expected. 
So he's underperforming a little bit, but it's not like completely out of the. Uh... But that's what I asked you. I was like, "What's he going to be once the league adjusts to him?" And you're like, "Oh, his expected stats back off. That he is this good. He's this guy." Well, it's hard to tell because sabermetrics can sometimes not tell the whole story about you know pitchers adjusting to him. I don't care if his. I I really was I was hoping so much that pe- that uh, Joey Bart would be traded this deadline for someone good. Uh, but we he doesn't have value. He he's been really good in AAA this year. Yeah, um, but that's called the that's the name of our podcast. A, yeah, back to the four, I was hoping Joe Adele would move too, but you know that one. Got, see, he you could have got something for Joe Adele. I want to talk about a couple guys. Actually, this is comp- I'll I'll talk about this at the end of the episode. Brad, go to our next exercise. Okay, it's clear that Ronald Acuna and Shohei Otani are the two front runners in the American League and National League. Who would be number two? Well, we already talked about number two in the National League. We, National I, League is going to be Freddie, Freddie I think. Freeman. Freddie. But um, American League is a bit more of a question. Which I 100% agree with. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Luis Robert finished a second. Um, so right now... I would say Robert would be second. Hey, this wasn't as much as an exercise as I thought it was. Franco's still up there in war. I think Corey Seager's going to get a lot of looks just based on what Ooh, he's done. I like that. I think um, I mean Seager yeah. would be I hate how my my plate my my stuff keeps resetting. I I keep resetting the plate appearances and Corey Seager keeps disappearing. Um, um I'm still going to go uh, I'm going Corey Seager 2. Uh I'm going to go Corey Seager 3 Robert 2. I think yes, I might I be think the with... games played this I think the games played discrepancy will be a big thing for a lot of players a lot of people. And I think at the end of the year, like we can kind of use the player, the game was played discrepancy now, but at the end of the year, it's the story of the whole season. If you didn't play those games, you didn't play those games. I think it's a little bit different for monthly things than it is like the MVP award. I know this isn't, I know it's not 1980 anymore, but when Corey Seager's on the field, the Rangers win. When Luis Roberts on the field, the White Sox are still the White Sox. So Mike Trout. What, what do you mean? I mean, they, the, I mean, no, I, I can't argue that either because the Angels have been on a hot streak with his hand injury and he's been on the bench this whole time. So I, I'm going to argue Corey Seager, it does more for his team in terms of value than Luis Robert and Mike Trout. Um, but I mean, it's it's obviously pretty close, but I think in terms of the tiebreaker comes down to that for me. I think I'd probably take Lu, Luis Robert right now. He doesn't walk and he strikes out a lot. I think that's something Corey Seager does. Jose Ramirez is right there with Corey. I think I would. Hmm. Don't say it. Don't say it, Red. I don't know what my order would be. I think my top my my top five is obviously Otani, Robert Ramirez. This isn't any order besides Otani. Robert Ramirez, Seager, and I might throw Franco at five. I could get, I could get behind a little Jonah Heim action at five. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the war on the right side of the screen, I mean, they're all pretty close. I mean, one good one good month from these guys could really propel them up on the list. So semi and two. Good defense. Ah, uh, it's time to talk about my two underrated center fielders today. Uh Jaron Duran and Mickey Moniak. Uh two guys that have kind of been, you know, bust prospects or, you know, like four A guys that are finally having the breakout season and not getting their rec- their recognition yet. Do you think – I think Jaron Duran's going to receive votes for MVP, not like 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 MVP 20th or something, you know, like top 20 in MVP. 
Um, and in terms of Mickey Moniak, his defense is horrendous, I think, but um, I'd have to check that. But I'll do it for you. I've seen some really bad Mickey Moniak highlights. So, um, but his bat's been fantastic. And Jaron Duran is quietly like fifth in doubles in the entire league. So, I mean, let me let me check the uh, peripherals on these guys. But Mickey Moniak is one fielding run value. Let's go. I, I think Jaron Duran has blossomed into. Um, a really good player uh for the white for the red sox and let me let me check out maniac because they got maniac for basically nothing um, no cinder baby yeah basically nothing <laughs> no that's what he yeah um so i mean uh two guys breakout seasons book it um i don't know if maniac's gonna finish in any sort of mvp voting but i think jaron duran is going to receive some votes probably in the lower uh, range yeah um so there you heard it another month down we've only got two more to go uh we do have the august one which will be at the beginning of september and then i think we're gonna wait a little bit in october to like make sure we get those first couple october games in there and then cluster october and september that is still two months away we can figure that out when we're a little bit closer but it does sound like a decent idea uh there's still a couple compete a couple contenders going for the thing we need to figure out the the Holy Grail, the they started, they finished. Uh, the survivor, the real, real one since day one. day one. The what's the that's other cool. one? The marathon. The marathon. Marathon it's runners. Day ones. I mean, that's like pretty simple. Yeah, let's go with day ones. Day ones. Day ones. Day All right, ones. There's we a finally came to it. Good job, guys. All right, we have finally came. All right, we came. We finally figured out who everyone, what the name is. It's day ones. There are people competing. Uh, Some of them might might be a little bit shaky heading forward, especially in the month of August. The dog days. We will be covering the dog days of summer. This is August. This is the Hawaii Baseball Podcast, and we appreciate you all listening. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Steve!